Hello and welcome back to the Austin Real Estate Podcast. Today, we're interviewing Albert Allen with Realty Austin. Albert is an Austin native and as a longtime Northwest Hills resident, he has an extensive understanding of the city and its diverse communities. Albert believes in the power of relationships and in leveraging connections to help his real estate clients accomplish their goals. Our host today is Braxton Gregg, who's a loan officer with Churchill Mortgage. In addition to being a father of four, Braxton has been in the mortgage industry since 2007, working as an underwriter and a loan officer. In this episode, they discuss each of their businesses, uh, how they make connections with clients and other realtors, important lessons they've learned from being in the industry for so long, and how they help their clients navigate the current real estate market. And with that, let's jump right in. My name is Braxton Gregg. I am a loan officer with Churchill Mortgage, and I am excited to be here today. I'm Albert Allen, realtor with Realty Austin here in Austin, Texas. Likewise, uh, pleasure meeting you all as well. So you're a longtime Austinite. What have you seen? What's your most dramatic change? And what's the biggest positive and negative you see with the changes that we've had with us? Um, the most dramatic change, I, I think, um, I can't remember if it was Will Wynn, our mayor back in the day, that's, I don't know, four or five mayors ago. Um, the big push, just like many other cities across the nation, was um, to have uh, people live downtown, right? So our downtown was just like any other downtown. It was businesses and old uh, shipping yards and things like that. And uh, the big push for the, the high rise. So we actually have a skyline now. Um, you know, our, our skyline was the Frost Tower. That was the most iconic building. And now we have um, a, a pretty beautiful skyline. We have a lot of people living there. Um, and some mom and pop shops that are able to be there. So I think that's the biggest change that I've seen. Um, it's a great landing place for people that come from, from you know, out of town. Um, the biggest negative, I was talking to my kid about this the other day. Um, man, people that are not from Austin are messy. You know, our, our motto <laughs> is don't mess with Texas. And that was not a, hey, we're going we're gonna to whoop you. Uh, type of thing. It was more of a, it was a litter campaign, right? We had um, right, yeah. So, um, so when you when you go through downtown Zucker Park, I watch people with their dogs and their dog poo and their trash and all that. So um, for all you people that are coming to Austin, pick up your mess, man. Um, th- I think that's the biggest negative that I've seen. You know, um, I-, I love people of different cultures and different thought processes and different learnings from different universities and, you know, different mindsets. I think that's going to be an asset to our city. I don't know, man, what are you seeing? So I, you know, I have, I've been here in 2005 and I've seen just huge growth just, just in that time. Um, I do love the skyline. I think everything is, is really almost all the changes are, are, are great. Uh, the one thing that I found is a little bit different is certain parts of Austin now have lost a little bit of their identity that used to be. Um, it's not as weird as it used to be on South Lamar. It's a little more trendy, right? Um, I, I remember my first time meeting Leslie. Uh-huh. Oh, um, yes. If you got, you know, and let, it's been let, a long time. Know who that even, yeah. Okay. So let, oh, man, I don't know what's a good way to put this. Leslie was a unique Austin character. Um, who, if you ever saw, saw him, you would definitely remember it. Um, he usually wore a G string and bikini kind of around town and would ride a bike. And my first meeting with him was I was working in an office and he came in to buy something and bent over to pick something up. And I was like, wow. Okay. 
<laughs> I had no idea who he was. I had to, I called my boss and I was like, can I kick this person out? And they explained to me, no, under no circumstances are you allowed to do that. That is Leslie. He's an icon in Austin. And I actually got to be great friends with him. And I, I really enjoyed the time I got to spend with him. Yes. Full, full beard and actually ran for mayor. Um, yes. A couple times, I believe. Yes, you're right about that as far as the uniqueness goes um, and some of that identity. You know, that first trend was in East Austin. Um, and I know that they're working really hard on, you know, the smaller mom and pop restaurants. I call them onesie twosies where someone owns one or two, you know, restaurants here and there. It's not part of a big corporate chain. Um, I think some parts of South Austin still have that, um, but definitely other parts of the city um definitely you're you're right yeah losing a lot of that identity as far as um you know smaller uh, people with that don't have a, a lot of money right the struggling mom and pop you know um type of businesses um yeah you're right you're right so tell me a little bit about your business what do you what do you specialize in what is uh what's the customer experience like for you what's important for you yeah, absolutely. Um, so Central Austin, that's my wheelhouse. Um, I, I do work, you know, four counties with Travis, Bastrop, Williamson, and Hayes County mostly. Um, but I really do try to focus Central Austin. Um, I live in a neighborhood called Northwest Hills, um, which is about 15 minutes outside of downtown uh, North Austin. Um, really cool topography here. It's uh, You look you know, on the east side, southeast, and you see the skyline of downtown and you go to the back of the neighborhood, you have 360. Um, so we have a little bit of topography. Um, so that's kind of my wheelhouse here, Rosedale. Love downtown condos. Um, and then Westlake and Bee Cave. Um, those areas are, are just really, really growing. So I have a lot of folks that are that are looking in those areas. Um and then outside of that, it's your neck of the woods. So, you know, Del Valley, Manor, um, Round Rock, Georgetown. Um, so a little bit of everything. Um, my business is a, a good mix of first-time home buyers and, and people that are pretty experienced as well. So um, it runs the whole, you know, gambit of, of buyers and, and their levels and needs. What do you think is your most important um quality you bring to the table what gives you what gives you an edge and then um what what's your best source of referrals what what is your keys to success yeah yeah um yeah you know as far as keys to success sometimes just luck you know um but as far as uh what i think i bring to the table for my clients is it's really I mean, just putting their best interests forward, right? So I have a, a new assistant and, um, you know, talking with him and it's like, you know, what's in the best interest of our clients is, is what we have to do. It's not what's in your best interest, right? I can fall in love with the house and it's it's not right for them. Um, so um, when I'm working with, with folks, it's finding out as much information as I can. If it's on the buy side, you know, um, I tell people I'm not looking to be doom and gloom about this property. Um, we're going to find the oohs and ahs, right? You're going to come in and that's just a gorgeous kitchen, sexy bathroom, whatever. I'm looking for the crap, you know, the, the rotted wood. Um, do I see, you know, fire damage, um, bugs, uh, termites, moldy smells, 
you know, the house proper, um, septic or roof or whatever. Um, I'm not a roofer, but but obviously we see things, the inspector is going to confirm it. And if we bring out a trade, um, and the, the, the client will take that information and move forward or move on. Right. So as far as the buy side goes, it's just, let's find out as much as we can about this property for you to make the right decision. And then on the sell side, you know, just doing your damnedest to, um, have the client not fight themselves. Um, as a personal side, I've purchased three times and I've sold once. And that one time we sold, I was in the business. Um, and my wife said, this condo that looks like all these 40 other condos is worth this. And when I did the metrics, the condo was worth down there. And she's like, no, no, no. So, you know, you're wor- your worst own enemy, right? So getting the sellers out of the way to um, see that, you know, where the price is to price it properly, um, you know, clean that thing out. Um, you're not being rude to your client or disrespectful to your client um, when you're trying to make the, the home show ready. Um, so not being afraid to tell the client, hey, we need to, you know, we need to button up a little bit to, to make this thing to make this thing work um, and then negotiating the best terms for them, um, you know, when they're looking to sell. And then on the third cog of it, as far as the investors being truthful with them, you know, what's, what's their end game? Um, you know, their cash or a finance buyer, um, you know, and are, are they in it? Some, some investors are looking at the property as if they were going to live in it. So if it's a profitable type of property, um, and so just, you know, trying to really find out all of their different needs, um, and, and seeing what I can do to, to help them to get there. Um, but on that last part, as far as the investors go, you know, for city of Austin, it's letting them know that we're not a cash flow city. We have not been a cash flow city for a very long time. Um, so helping them understand that and, and we're an appreciation city. Um, and it costs a lot to, to be an investor here. You guys know the property taxes just went up 49 to 60% for some people. Um, and, and so, um, you know, it's, it's letting, you know, getting the, as much information about the area of the property um, as possible um, for, for all three cogs, the buyers, the sellers, and the investors. So what would you like, what would you tell yourself if you could go back in time when you were starting in the business that you know now that you wish you knew in the beginning? For me, getting started in the business, ah, so I did not go this route. I preach it to people all the time. Um, join a team. Um, when I first got in the business, um, I'm 48 years old. I was already a man. I was already 40. And um, the pride was that uh, I'm going to come in and I'm going to kill it. I'm going to be the best realtor there is, best producing, the best this, the best that. Um, that was not reality. That first year was rough. Um, it, I did a lot of leases. I had, you know, a couple of sales, um, but um, my salary was nowhere near when I, when I left corporate. So to join a team, learn the business, that, that, that's going to get you there um, and work for somebody that's caring and nurturing. Um, you're not their competition. That, that, that lead team member is not threatened by you. They don't think you're going to take their business. So just find someone that, that has systems, um, that's nurturing. They'll answer your questions. You'll get a little bit of business, right? They'll throw you some leads here and there. You're doing uh, work for them. 
obviously you're going to try to negotiate a salary because you know that we are a commission-based business. Um, and, and the reason why I say that is that a lot of people have to tap out of, of this business too early. Um, and they're not able to, uh, you know, realize the, the potential and the growth that they can have. So some people come on. I think there's a gentleman that was, um, he received an ABOR award last year, brand new rookie guy, um, did 40 million in transactions last year. But it's the story because that's like becoming an NBA player, right? Phenomenal for him. Maybe he had a network um, already. Um, obviously, um, he had the connections and he had the buyers and sellers to do that. But most people, it's going to take two to three years to, to get to going. But boy, when you get there... Um, Sky's the limit, right? So, um, I absolutely, um, work for somebody else, learn the business so you don't have to tap out, right? You want to earn a little bit of a salary, just a, a livable wage is all you're looking. Um, and stay humble, um, stay humble and, um, and you can go so far. So, what kept you motivated through those first couple tough years? Um, my wife, my wife, um, she gave me a three year plan. Um, and I, I was very fortunate, right? There are a lot of folks that are single and they're doing this business and they're having to make it happen. Um, I, I had become the burden, um, on her. Um, you know, I made enough to probably pay for the business, but that was about it. Um, so, um, I, I knew the potential that were there. Um, I was with a small firm in Houston, uh, when I started and, uh, the people were amazing. Um, and, these folks, I mean, some of these folks were 70 years old and they were still top producers. So just surrounding yourself with people that are caring and nurturing and, you know, these are your peers, right? They're not your competition. Um, and, and so they're there and just, just positive people in our industry supporting me and believing in me and giving me opportunities. And, you know, you do an open house for someone and they give you a lead and obviously they're going to give you the five hundred million dollar lead, you know, they're two fifty, three hundred thousand dollar leads, but you're working for a client and and you take what you've practiced and, and you do it and um and you're like, wow, thanks for believing in me for that. I mean that's that's you know food out of their mouth um for it. You know, so just surrounding myself with with those people, I think that's what kept me motivated um being a part of the industry. Um, because those are the people that actually care about the business and they care about us. Um, and so I think that was probably the biggest motivator. So that kind of brings me to the next part. So is networking where you, where you strive, where you get most of your business? How are you getting most of your business right now? What are you, what are you focusing on? What are your, what are your areas of, of opportunity? Yeah, I, I'm still learning that one. Um, they, they come from everywhere. So I've, I've been a part of two different coaching clubs. Uh, one is called the core coaching. I did that for about three years. Um, and, uh, those guys are based out of North Carolina, um, being a mortgage broker, you probably know them as well. So they do a lot of mortgage folks and, and realtor folks. Um, and, um, it, it's more in your face, uh, make the phone calls, you know, send your letters to the heart, which are like letters to your database telling you where you are in life and some big epiphany you had and things of that nature. Um, and now I'm a member of, of Ninja, our, our company's a Ninja group company. Um, those guys are based out of uh, Colorado. Um, and it's a little bit more of a 
kumbaya spirit you know imagine ninja right so the spiritual um it's kind of more my vibe um i don't do what my teachings tell me to do is where i'm getting at um so um right now the marketing i do um as far as past clients um i'm now getting back into it you know with covid wasn't so much um but having the breakfasts and the coffees um, with the coaching, they want you to be more methodical with it, right? So it's always, you know, do your, you know, A through Zs and make your phone calls and set it all up and do the letter of the month or whatever. Mine is more of, I was thinking about you type of thing. I drove by your house. You send a quick text. Hey, how are you doing? You want to grab coffee? And you have to do it right then because you'll forget that you asked somebody for coffee. Um, so getting that going. Um, we do client appreciation parties, which I am now not calling them client appreciation parties because I was really only inviting past clients um, or current clients and not inviting my friends uh, and family and the folks that love and trust you and that are going to like uh, preach the hell out of you, you know. Um, so now they're just parties. Uh, we were doing ping pong parties uh, with competition. So we would have people show up with their dress boots and, you know, like they're going downtown to spin or the new one is smash downtown where they have the, you know, the ping pong. Uh, but we were actually like at the, the table tennis, you know, association here in Austin where it was like nitty gritty. Um, there's some BO smells there and, and we were winning for trophies. Um, but we do barbecue. Um, we, we would, uh, we would do Franklin's barbecue and, you know, all the non-alcoholic and alcoholic beverages and make a day out of it. This year, we're going to do Coda Karting. So we're talking about the, the Formula One race. Um, so we're putting together something to do the Coda Karts out there. They have to go karts and those dudes go like 50, 50 miles an hour. Um, so, you know, getting together with those guys on that. So those are kind of the physical touch points. Um, and then uh, Mailer, so I'm more of a stats guy. Um, so I have uh, a stats brochure that goes out. That's more specific to... Uh, my area, so Northwest Hills 78731 Marketplace. Um, I send out a magazine that goes out bi-monthly. That's to all past clients and and my immediate neighbors and, and family. I do feed the devil. Um, I, I do do marketing with Zillow for my neighborhood as well. So I'm trying to get the buyer pool on that side and then with the, the print marketing for the seller pool um, coming. So when I'm talking to the potential sellers, I can say with all honesty that I have qualified buyers that are looking as well. Um, so those are kind of the, the, the tiers as far as, you know, past client with the print media, um, and then with the, uh, the paid. And then, um, I have an assistant that does social media for me. Um, so we're doing, uh, more so Facebook right now. He's, he's getting ramped up on the Instagram and then the LinkedIn, um, and then, uh, with video content. So we'll push that out normally, you know, the normal channel, and then we'll do some, some boosted, uh, marketing on that one. And then, uh, I'm with Realty Austin. We have a full marketing team. They do, uh, two e-blast every month to my database. So I have a, uh, I use, uh, Salesforce as my CRM. I think there's maybe, uh, 3,000, 3,500 or so contacts in that database. And they'll get one touch point, um, email of more stats type of, you know, information. 
what's going on in the market, interest rate, housing, and then they'll get a lifestyle one. So we have a lifestyle blog person that'll send out some cultural events that's happening here in Austin, concerts, best parks, that type of stuff. Um, so we call it the art and the science, right? So a little bit of the art as far as the fill stuff and then science part as far as the stats go. And that kind of fits like my personality too. So that's pretty cool that they, they do stuff for us. And I'm also, I'm curious for you as well, being a lender, um, but I'm also, as far as the group that I belong to, there, there are 25 of us from all over the country, um, realtors, and uh, we're trying to build that referral network up a little bit better, right? So um, I think that's all that I have as well. I do get um, other agent referrals in, but not as many as I want. You know, my, my goal was to have uh, 15 of those this year, and I think I've gotten three, um, but I haven't been, I haven't done what I told myself that I was going to do. How, how does that look on your end as far as that? Like, where are you getting your referrals from in your business? So I, I'm, I'm in core coaching. Uh, we do core coaching. Sure. At okay. Yeah. Uh, okay. Yeah. Uh, awesome. I hadn't heard of Ninja. Um, I am just starting it. So I've been in the business since 2007, uh, but I was an underwriter for many years. I actually used to work for Steve Munchen, the guy who was a treasury secretary under Trump. I used to make sure nobody protested at his house during the housing crisis. And I was responsible for taking or either giving someone a modification or processing the foreclosure. Um, so I, I've done this a long time and I, I, I've never really, I've always worked at a lead generation place when I worked on the, on the mortgage side of it. So I'm building in my self-generated business. It's now about 85% of my business. Um, I've built it over the last year or so, but it's with core coaching concepts and I'm, I've struggled really hard. Like you, I'm not a, I'm a person that likes to call someone when I think of them. And I think uh -huh. it's really important that the second I talk, I think of them, Hey, you know what? There's a reason God made me think of you or whatever entity you want to think of it as, but I, there's a reason why I want to do that. And I'm, I struggle with the, especially calling the realtors like every Tuesday. It's like, man, I have, I have insurance agents that do that to me. And while it makes me think of them, I, I will give you that. It does not make me feel positively about their business that they're bugging me every Tuesday. But I'm trying to get better at it and also to make it more about a relationship rather than a business relationship, if that makes right. sense. Right. Um, and so what I've started doing with a lot of my realtors, um, and I, I have a lot of newer realtors, and I like to be a mentor. So um, what we're doing is we're doing kind of core coaching back and forth with us, holding each other accountable, going through different steps. And um, we, I've kind of shared with them the, the greatness tracker, lead tracker, right. all that other kind of stuff. And we're working it together as kind of a team um, because where they're at, they don't have the, the, the support that you do. Right. Or, um, you know, a lot of, the same way in the loan officer world, you can go to a place that trains you well. They usually don't pay you well, but they'll train you well, or you yeah. can go to a place that doesn't train you at all and pays you great. Um, so it, it's, it's nice. I love doing that, but I get a lot of referrals, um, bit customer referrals. Um, I do tons of home buyer workshops. Um, my boss likes to call me a talking monkey. I just go out and, and just start talking and everyone just kind of runs to me. Um, so I like doing that. Um, I love doing the face-to-face -face marketing. I do door walking with a lot of my uh, realtors. I go door walking in my neighborhood, just kind of talking to people and, and wow. talk them up and see how it goes. Yeah. Um, 
but I've done that since I was a little kid. I was I did door to door sales when I was a kid, so it doesn't bother me. And it's warm. And you're wearing black like me, so you know it gets hot out there. It does. I went door walking the first time, and I I came back. And my boss was like, "How was that?" And I was like, "In my imagination, it was going to be a great, easy thing to do." And now I'm going to sit at home and cry for the next couple hours and never have to do that again. Um, but I, I keep doing it. Um, but I found, you know, what makes you uncomfortable makes you better, right? Um, but the other way we get it is we have a lot of Dave Ramsey leads. Um, Dave Ramsey is kind of partnered with Churchill. So we okay. get a lot of them from there. Um, they're a great source of business. They're always have great income, all that other type of good stuff. So that's really good. Um I'm not big on, on uh, social media or, or that as of yet. I'm just starting to build that. Um, but I am really big on path client referrals. And I get referrals from a lot of uh, places in Austin just because uh, a lot of loan officers get stuck on loans. And so they shoot them to me when they when they can't figure it out. And uh, I figure it out somehow. Yeah, that's awesome. Yeah, yeah no, um, don't be afraid to call us. Uh, as far as the realtors, yes, if we've been in the business for a little bit, um, we uh, do have our, you know, our, our top people. Um, I usually have three like solid go to people um, and then two that are, you know, kind of there for special emergencies. Um, but but they fall off. Right. I, I drop somebody yeah. off. I'm actually meeting uh, with a lender friend um, this afternoon um, that that, you know, we hadn't, hadn't spoken in a while. Um, and, um, you know, he reached out to me the other day. So, um, you know, it, it's, it's just a casual meet and greet. I want to learn about what's going on in the market because his rates have been a little different this past week oh, yeah. uh, for the better now than it was on Wednesday or of last week. But, um, so we're learning that from you guys. And, um, so no, don't be afraid to call us. Yeah. Thank you. I, I you know, I, I need that motivation sometimes because you, you get that. Ah, do I really want to? But yeah, it's one of the. Uh, it, I, and I found it's it's a great resource to have, right? Yeah. Um, just to be able to to call and talk to them, and you know, I found in this, uh, I the one thing that, that I I try to take to heart every call I have is I do this every day, right? And as a lender, I do you know I close twenty thirty loans a month, right? So I'm doing this literally every day. I'm doing it four or five times a day. But the person that's talking to me is probably only going to do this once, twice, three, four times in their lifetime. Um, so I've got to make sure that I, I am explaining stuff at their level as well and being able to kind of explain it outside of the world. I, I kind of see my job as being, I speak bank to you and you to bank. Kind of that's that's kind of what what my goal is, right? Um, so that's, that's always been a, a, a real focal point of mine is making sure that I keep them informed and uh, feel as comfortable in this situation as I am. Absolutely. Yeah. You guys are, you know, one of our biggest assets, right? And, and once you become a partner with someone that is essentially your team, right? Um, and so, um, that's what we're looking for. Um, when we're working with someone for them you know, for our lender to be able to explain on whatever level our clients are, right? Some don't need the, the long one. Some just need the footnotes. Some want the full detailed explanation um, and, and being able to make our folks comfortable and make the decision. Do I do an arm, right? We've been talking arms are very, you know, we've been kind of 
internally, we've been talking about those for our clients because they're not going to live there five, seven years. Um, so what loans are out there right now? Jumbo loans have great rates right now versus some regular conventional. Do you do a 15 year loan or a 30 year loan or, you know, and I mean, we're not seeing many USDA or, or VA loans. I'm a veteran. It's hard to get a veteran under contract with 0% down loan right now. Maybe it'll tides return and maybe we'll get some more of those uh, under contract, but you know, what, what, what's out there right now. So, um, you know, having our lenders ask those questions to our clients to see what loan type fits their needs best. I mean, that's, that's absolutely what we're looking for. Well, and you brought up a great subject because that's it's something that's kind of changed. And, um, you know, y'all, uh, we're all about business, right? So I'm always looking at my business and trying to figure out what I'm doing more of, where I need to focus on. And what I found is the last year I've done almost completely conventional loans and jumbo loans just because giving someone an FHA loan or a VA loan here in Austin, I might as well tell you to go, you know, pound sand because you're not going to get an offer accepted. I just can't do it. So in some cases, I was taking a veteran who, who could get a much better loan through a VA product who was having a tougher time of success in getting that offer accepted, switching it to a conventional loan until we started something a little bit different. Um, and one thing that I've really found successful, and I'm, I'm actually starting to get a lot of my VA offers accepted, even had two FHA offers accepted this week, which I found pretty amazing. Um, one in Taylor and um, one in uh, Kyle. Awesome. So, uh, yeah, I, I'm, I'm pretty excited about that. That's, so what we yeah. started doing is the second an offer is made by the realtor, I follow up with not only a video and a phone call, but we also follow up with a guarantee, a $5,000 seller's guarantee. Um, and I send them my certified pre-approval letter that says, hey, look, it's already gone through. Here's my condition list. And what I found is that is getting me a lot more success um, and getting me into the door um, and putting my clients in a much better situation. And uh, and that has helped a lot, especially on those VA and FHA loans. Yeah, I know, the, you know, like I said, we, we know the market is turning a little bit. It's still definitely still a seller's market. Um, especially in Austin proper, but it's definitely cooling down a little bit. We're not seeing the multiple offers, but over the past, you know, six, eight months, that loan guarantee that you're talking about a different way that, that we've been doing it, it's been that making sure that our buyers are all the, the conditions are known, right? So as, as much as we can get our buyer and our loan person to uh, uh, get processed without actually having a physical property, um, getting that done. So when we're doing our third-party financing addendum with the approval of our buyers, right, that they're under full understanding to waive the buyer contingency, uh, the, the loan approval contingency in the third-party financing addendum, and having proof of funds. So yes, we are having multiple offers still. Yes, people are still having to go above what a home is going to appraise for. Not as much, but th there's still cases out there where there are some bees knees houses that are out there that a lot of people want. Um, but we're also uh, providing the additional proof of funds that our clients would have. So if they're making an offer, those $100,000 above, 20% down, they were showing the 20% cash 
and they were showing that they had the money for the Delta and, you know, where the appraisal gap would be in addition to the third party financing then of doing the loan uh, approval waiver saying that we don't need any days or anything like that. After they've shown to us that they've worked with you and they've provided all the necessary documents, we know what the conditions are aside from having that property. Um, and, and that's worked. And then obviously what you said, the, the phone call, the follow-up, when we've submitted the offer, reassuring the seller's agent that, um, that you fully vetted these folks. He didn't just check the boxes. Um, and then the proof that we've given. So that, that's what made us successful. But to get an FHA loan done, dude, high five to you. Um, and, and hopefully we get there again, hopefully we're, hopefully we're getting there. Um, because a lot of folks are tapping out. Um, a lot of folks have tapped out because, um, you know, that down payment's really hard. The conversation I used to have with folks was, um, you know, credit, get your credit, get your credit, get your credit, you know, have that score, you know, 740, 760 and above. You're going to have uh, the best rate that there is out there. Obviously, the DTI, the debt to income ratio to be there as well. But over the past two years, it's been how much cash do you have? Um, and it's that awkward conversation in the beginning. It used to be now it's not, but it's, you know, do you have three, four hundred thousand dollars in cash to play this game? Um, because it was, it was a quick game that, that, that we had to play. There was one property that we were looking at every week. Um, and, um, and, and people didn't have that money. Um, and so it was ridiculous because if in the past, if you had 50,000, a hundred thousand, the world was your oyster. Um, and, and, you know, over the past year and a half or so, I mean, you really did have to have three and $400,000, um, in cash to, to be able to, to purchase a house here. So to hear that you've actually gotten an FHA buyer, two of them under contract in the past week, uh, that that's very encouraging for a lot of people, um, that, that have 30, 40, $50,000, um, that, that can actually, you know, make a home purchase. Exactly. And I think, um, I do think we're starting to see a little bit of a shift in the market. Um, I think we're going to be here for a long time just because we don't have the inventory as of yet, but I think we're, we're, we're getting there. Um, and, you know, I have really enjoyed our conversation today. I've really appreciated your time and um, you gave us some great insights into the Austin market and uh, a lot about you. And I look forward to working with you again in the future. Yeah, absolutely. It was great meeting you as well and uh, much success and um, and uh, home buyers uh, and, and agents. Bring your home buyers out there. Um, the market is, is turning a little bit. And now it's the opportunity to get those buyers that have been sitting on the fence. Yeah, uh, for me, uh, Albert Allen at RealtyAustin.com via email. So my last name is A-L-L-E-N. So Albert Allen at Realty Austin. Um, my mobile is 512-589-9776. So if you're a texter, um, I'll get back to you. I will not text you back at 11 o'clock at night. I'll text you in the morning. Um, and then uh, my motto is living well in Austin, which is also my email address. So um, livingwellinaustin.com. Um, so you can find me all those places there and we can definitely connect and, um, have coffee as well. And talk about your real estate needs. Braxton Greg. And it, the best email address is braxton.greg at churchillmortgage.com. Um, my phone number, best way to get in touch with me is always myself. It's 
3097. Also coming soon, it's going to be braxtongreg.com. Um, I've got the domain just building the website as we speak. Very cool. Thanks for listening to the Austin Real Estate Podcast. If you're interested in getting in touch with either of the guests on the show today, their information will be in the show description. Also, if you're interested in being a guest on the Austin Real Estate Podcast, be sure to get in touch at Gus at SouthLamarStudios.com. Be sure to follow us on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, or whatever podcasting platform you prefer, as well as leaving us a five-star rating if you enjoyed. The show is produced by Gus Joseph. Copyright South Lamar Studios 2022.